Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course, my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years Years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. Hey everyone, it's Kelsey and Jeff, and we are here to tell you a bit about our partner Anchor. We know that you're a fan of this podcast and maybe you thought, hey, I want to make a podcast too. Well, we have great news for you guys. We want to tell you all about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast for a few reasons, but to start out, it's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Plus, you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Do it, you guys, and enjoy the show. I'm on a journey to get better, and I want to do it with you. And I'm not just focusing on physical health. I'm focusing on everything, emotional wellness, spirituality, finances, relationships, and so much more. Every week, it will be my personal goal to bring us, the world's leading healers, experts, and game changers, to share groundbreaking secrets and tips to getting better in all areas of life. Getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when we can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Manu. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Better Together. When you know better, you get better. It's Wednesday, April 22nd. The month is almost over. It's almost May. Our quote of the day, the opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference. The opposite of art is not ugliness. It's indifference. The opposite of faith is not hearsay, heresy. It's indifference. And the opposite of life, wow, I can't even talk. And the opposite of life is not death, it's indifference. Well, Eli Weisel, that was a very complicated quote of the day that I couldn't even say it. And I have no idea what I just read. And I'm going to be real with you guys. (laughs) I think the opposite of indifference is that quote. Let me knock it out of the park today, (laughs) y'all. No, it is a complicated... it is a complicated um, hump day quote. Yeah. Let's look up. I'm going to look up really quick. A baby's quote. <laughs> a baby is as pure as an angel and as fresh as a blooming flower. There we go. Boom. Because we have um, a yeah. great guest today. But did you know, Maria? Sorry, what? I didn't mean to interrupt your intro, but the opposite of a baby <laughs> is indifference. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> 
Um, our guest today is Dr. Wendy Chang, and I am very uh, familiar with Dr. Chang. She's very familiar with me because she has been my fertility doctor for a few years now. We've gone through a long journey together. And uh, before this quarantine situation happened, uh, we were about to move forward with our surrogacy. And of course, that got shut down. So now I'm wondering if God has had messages for me. Like maybe I did say like, God, if this isn't supposed to happen, can you just like give me a sign? And then quarantine time came. So That's guys, a pretty extreme sign. Um, yeah. And I mean, it's it's like... It would be really egotistical for me to think that, that was my sign when the whole world is affected. But I mean, you could take it a number of ways. You could say, hey, don't have kids because of this. But it could be like, hey, here's your sign. You should have kids. Spend the next three months getting your house in order for kids. Yeah. I mean, you, you organize closets. I organized a lot. Yes. You're, you're making things happen. You're I getting am that things person ready. that is hated for doing shit during the quarantine. <laughs> um, yeah. So we... Um, we have a lot to talk about today with uh, Dr. Chang. So um, because none of you have children, um, I, I I think Jeff is probably the closest to having children. Have you guys talked about it? Probably, we've talked about it, but like I will still say without getting too detailed, we are very, very careful. Um, even during this quarantine. We've Five been... condoms, huh, Jeff? Five condoms, <laughs> birth control, pull out. Sorry, I'll stop. I'm getting graphic. Um <laughs> Sorry to the listeners who are listening to this in the morning, but <laughs> yeah, we just, as we know, we want kids. We know we want a family, but we're still in like a really scrappy career phase right now. And um, anyone who works in the entertainment industry can relate. There's a, uh, the beginning of your career is a really important time, especially in this business to kind of be all in. So yeah. um, we don't feel rush. We're just, uh, we're practicing. <laughs> I will say in the early days, <laughs> we're practicing. practicing. Um, Rehearsing. what was the, what was funny about that to you like i never heard you squeal like a little girl over there just like hearing jeff talk about the act of conception <laughs> you were practicing you know dead. you gotta practice like you perform dead. Exactly. it's our rehearsal period dead 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 um i remember fondly moments when kevin and i first got together and i would be terrified that i got pregnant and we were living in a basement of uh, his friend's aunt's house. And um, I was like, holy shit, my life will be over if I get pregnant right now. And, you know, because things hadn't even started yet. And I remember Kevin being like, we'll figure it out. Don't worry. It'll be fine. And I'm like, it will. Like, you're working three jobs to save your movie, bartending, construction, and uh, selling sausages. And... You really don't even have like two hours of sleep a night. And how are we going to do that? But luckily it didn't happen. But I do think about the fact that if it did happen back then, like the times where I would be like be nervous, we would have like a 20 year old now or 21, 20, 20 or 21 year old. And he'd be running after Buzz. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I, crazy to think I think people make it work. And that's, you know, that's the biggest thing is like, I always you know, talk to my mom about this because I'm like, you know, I want kids, but I never feel like I'm going to plan to have a kid. I don't think I'm going to go through in vitro or things like this to be like, I am actively going to have a child. Yeah. But when you're with somebody who really wants one, your opinion might change. Yeah. But even then, like, I don't think that I'm the type of person who'd be like, yeah, let's try. And right now is the time to. Tr I think if it happens, it happens. Yeah. But like even growing up, I was like, well, if it happens, like figure it out. Like my brother was the same way. I mean, he didn't plan on it. 
But when he got his friend pregnant, he was like, all right, well, let's get married. Let's do it. And they've been together since. And now I have two. I have a niece and a nephew now. Uh, but my mom's like, you don't have to worry about it because you just figure stuff out. And that's yeah. all there is to it is like whether it happens or not, you figure stuff out. Yeah. I mean, I feel like for us, when I think about that, I'm like, damn, we would have been over. It would have been done. But, you know, looking back, was that the right time? I don't think it was. We we're at the beginning of our careers. We would have been so busy. And I do feel like when you're older, you are wiser. And I would not have the patience that I will now. I would definitely wouldn't have had it then. Um, so I think I'll be better. And I've talked to a lot of parents who have become parents older and they have felt that way. And that was kind of their thing. They're like, oh my God, I'm so much better than I would have been earlier on. And so hopefully that will be the case with us. We're going to be like 80 before we have kids, <laughs> but we'll see. Um, without further ado, let's, uh, get Dr. Chang on the line. She is a renowned fertility expert and a skilled specialist in reproductive, uh, endocrinology. She focuses on the hormonal. When you're on the go 24 seven, like me guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. <laughs> and that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me from working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials. It's been my go-to for so many years and having everything in one place is such a time saver for me with being a first time mom for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're going to love it. Basis of women's fertility, IVF, and egg freezing. So oh Dr. Chang, um, with fertility clinics, um, being on a pause, obviously things have, um, have slowed down, but let's talk a little bit about what you guys are talking about now in terms of when things could reopen and how you guys will change, um, procedures and practices because of all of this. Well, we already have changed procedures, and actually the pandemic has profoundly impacted our ability to practice and therefore provide reproductive care to women. We have virtually come to a standstill right now. So aside from emergency cases taking care of patients with cancer who are freezing eggs or embryos before chemotherapy or radiation, what we're actually doing is abiding by ASRM guidelines. That's the American Society for Reproductive Medicine. And on the, I want to say three weeks ago, they issued initial guidelines that told us we have five recommendations. You don't start any new treatment cycles. You finish those egg and embryo-free cycles you're in the midst of. You, in as much as possible, consider canceling embryo transfers, avoiding achieving a pregnancy in your patients right now, and definitely holding off on elective surgeries like polyps or fibroids. So 
our practice is very profoundly impacted. And I think many of our patients are really feeling the stress from that. Yeah. I mean, we were probably a week away from having our potential surrogate tested by you. I mean, the timing, yeah. I was joking earlier in the show. I'm like, is this God saying something to me? <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I always wonder that when the path suddenly changes, you know? Yeah. Because think of how much we've gone through. I mean, we've done three IVF cycles together and mm-hmm. then I had my brain surgery and then we were like, okay, let's, you know, look for a surrogate. Let's go through this process. And it's been a process and a journey. And, you know, you finally find someone that um, you think is great. And then you have to just hit pause as, uh, as the rest of the world is. And I wouldn't want, you know, luckily, you know, we didn't have a choice, but I wouldn't want to put a surrogate in danger anyway, that's not something that I, I would ever consider, you know, especially when it's elective. I agree. I think that that's such a wise approach. And we've had so many surrogate cycles either be put on hold or their screening delayed. And in each case, when I've been speaking with the surrogates, they prefer that themselves too. They have families, they have, you know, loved ones, they have to be healthy and take care of. So I think that Every surrogate I've spoken to understands they are eager to get started as soon as it's safe, but they are definitely willing to put things on hold for the sake of family. So everybody's just waiting for a chance to get right back to, you know, working again as soon as they can safely. So what will the changes look like? I mean, you're probably already in practice with the few people, like you said, Um, you know, and, and luckily you guys are able to do it for emergency purposes, like someone who's dealing with cancer. Um, Mm -hmm. what procedures are in place now to protect both you and the patient that will then be extended after this? Well, first and foremost, one of the recommendations made by ASRM was to try to limit in-person interactions for our staff and physicians and patients' sake. So we've changed almost uh, exclusively to telehealth. We're doing video or phone consultations. We are trying to talk to patients, prepare them mentally, get them on the right vitamins and so forth. But we are really limiting whom we're seeing. Right now, we are seeing patients in the office for um, pregnancy. We're trying to carefully wean their medications, make sure the embryos and babies are all doing okay. But luckily for us, we have a great director of operations. I don't know if you met her, Christina Westbrook. She put in really strict protocols that from the time the patient enters the building, they've already filled out a survey even beforehand to talk about any symptoms they might be having. Everybody gets their temperature taken. Everyone is wearing face covering. And anybody who's had a fever or been ill is excluded from coming in. I think those practices are the new normal. I think that's going to be part of the procedure now because right now we don't have a good vaccine in place. We don't have a way to universally test everybody. So it's sort of a a real shift in how we are taking care of people. Yeah. And, and with the, you know, the, um, what is it called when you retrieve? Oh, the egg retrieval. 
Um, my brain's just farting. Um, when you have to do an egg retrieval right now, are there less people involved? Yes. So part of the, the hard part for our patients is we've been limiting who can come upstairs. So aside from the patient, we're not letting more than one person come up. They only come up when the patient's case is done. Even for embryo transfer, it's only uh, one support person in the room, and that person is also masked. But egg retrievals, you know, when they talk about higher risk exposures, risk of aerosolizing some of the virus, part of that is the oxygen mask that patients wear. Part of that, you know, is getting real close to put in the IV. So all of our team are masked. Um, the anesthesiologist is extremely careful. We're actually, when we were doing retrievals, we're spacing them out very far apart to enable us to do things very slowly, methodically, and do adequate cleaning in between patients. So it, it's been a real adjustment for everybody. Are you able to disinfect the air with like Lysol? Does that work? We can't use Lysol because that's harmful to our laboratory and our lab ah. director, Dr. Barrett, he really is so careful about potentially embryotoxic chemicals, but we do have very good filtration systems in place. So you can't really, that's why we let the air settle mm -hmm. and we do a lot mm -hmm. of um, the really powerful HEPA filtration. Wow. It's so, it's, it's a whole new world, but it, it really will be a safer situation with these new guidelines, I think. I agree. I think, you know, a lot of the old customs like handshaking, they're going to go by the wayside. People are going to give much more attention to cleaning. So in some ways, it, it's a good time to relearn some of the techniques that we learned in medical school to reduce infection risk. Yeah. Is there um, a concern from your part as, as a physician to over hand sanitize and not have any bacteria at all? So you know me very well. I was constantly doing that even beforehand. But I think, you know, hand washing is a practice that is just so essential we doctors all have cracked hands, but I think it's much more important to keep everybody safe. So hand washing is terrific. If you can't do proper hand washing, then hand sanitizers work almost as well. But I think that that's always the top priority is just keeping things clean and safe. So um, that's yeah. what we're working on now. What about, um, you know, I know a lot of people are anxious for the world to kind of turn back on and for business as usual to come back. But, you know, my one of my concerns is that, you know, before, you know, maybe a couple of weeks ago, they were telling us don't wear face masks. They don't make a difference. Now it's, you can't leave your house unless you have a face mask on, but nobody's telling us what type of face mask, right? Mm -hmm. So, so when we come back into the world, I imagine that's going to have to continue. We're going to all be wearing face masks and now we'll all be around each other more. We're not going to be in a stay at home order at some point. So that is something that makes me so nervous because we can have a second wave. 
And I, I believe what will happen, at least like for me, for example, um, I work with an agency who's helping us and uh, they're a little pressury to be sweet about it. And I know that once the restrictions are lifted, they're going to be like, we need to make money. Let's go. Let's implant. Let's get this going. And for me, I'm kind of like, well, I want to wait a minute. I want to see how this all goes. I want to see, are we going to have a second wave? I don't want to implant some embryos into a woman and then have her be at risk and the baby be at risk or whatever, because now we're in the middle of a second wave, right? Like my biggest problem with this this virus, one of the hardest parts was thinking about pregnant women who are having to fear going into their appointments and fear uh, an emergency situation and not having a hospital bed because it's so overcrowded or, you know, those are the kind of things that that scare me. But then at the same time, businesses have to come back. And that means, you know, you're in these pressured positions, you know, like I'm deep now, I've already paid all my deposits and no one's going to return my deposits, um, which means I'm kind of half in half out. How would you advise someone like me? Obviously you're going to advise me at some point. Here we go. Let's do it on the air. How do you advise someone like me in that moment and in that situation? You know, that is such a hard question is when is it going to be safe to resume? And I think one of the good things is that there are recommendations in place by ASRM that kind of back us up in being careful. And until there can be universal testing and reassurance that this person is either immune or, you know, the pandemic situation dramatically reduces, I think that there is always going to be a constant dialogue among you me and the surrogate and the agency to discuss when is safe. I know most surrogates don't want to go out into the world sooner than they need to, but the reality is that if she needs to support her family and wants to get going, and if the agency is giving you pressure, you may lose a good surrogate just from timing reasons. Mm -hmm. However, the art... All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days, and I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor, and it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios, and then I got addicted, and now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them argument I've always heard when I joined this world of surrogacy is the surrogate doesn't do it for the money. They do it because they want to help a family. So now I'm hearing the opposite. I'm hearing, well, they might need the money, right? Now, I don't think that that's my situation specifically, but I'm speaking to main situations. I also have heard that the ARSM, ASMR, whatever it is, is, um, is mainly run by 
by fertility clinic owners. So they're going to have a vested interest in coming back too. So for people like me who are just terrified at all of these decisions being made from a money perspective, how do you, and I know you don't act like this and I love that about you. Um, but how, how will we navigate this? How will we ensure that we move forward when it's safe and not when it's financially um, necessary? So in a case where there's discordance in how you and the surrogate feel, then unfortunately, that's a parting of ways. The reality is that many of the surrogates are truly altruistic, kind-hearted people who are doing it to help people. There's plenty of ways to make money that are less onerous than becoming pregnant for a year. But the reality is that most of them wouldn't contemplate it unless there were some kind of return for their family because of all the health risks they go through. I always tell surrogates when I meet them for the first time that having a baby is one of the most life-threatening things a woman does. So for her to be willing to do that, clearly there's going to be some financial, not reward, but justification for it. But if there is a, a disagreement between you and the surrogate, then unfortunately it does mean that we have to find a new one for you. Yeah. The good thing is that ASRM is run by primarily academicians. So people who are not in private practice where things, you know, are more, you know, business oriented. These are people who, like my uh, former professor and now mentor, Dr. Aziz, he's the CEO of ASRM. He's been an academician his whole life. And so they are really... I don't want to say ivory tower, but they are very much uh, idealistically focused on making things healthy and safe for the patient, the staff, us doctors. You know, there was a huge debate on some of our um, uh, professional websites about this delay because many people in private practice were railing against the fact that, you know, if you're in academics, you get a salary no matter what. If you're in private practice, you don't. And yet, for me, somebody in private practice, I don't want my lab to become infected. I don't want our staff to get sick. I don't want to shut down our practice for the purposes of some low-level you know, trans uh, transitory gains. So I think most people are in it for the right reasons. ASRM is definitely trying to focus on safety above all else, while still respecting that some patients might feel an urgency that supersedes their goal to stay at home. So they are currently in the process of trying to make a subtask force that further examines, okay, who are those super urgent people and when is it safe to move forward and what are the protocols and procedures that need to be in place at the center to allow that to happen. I love that. See, this is why I love Dr. Chang. She just explains things so thoroughly oh, and calmly that my, you know, cause I, I think about this for everybody. Like I said, I, I know that's not the situation with my surrogate cause we have a really good relationship. Um, but you know, it is, it is a scary thing when people are taking such high risk and, um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's also a wonder for people who, you know, for us, we already have embryos for the people who want to go forward with, um, IVF, I guess it's the same thing, but this time it's on them. Like it would be at my own risk for me to do a Absolutely. cycle, um, 
And I guess that might happen first. That might be your first wave and then implantations at some point once they know it's safe, right? Exactly. So freezing eggs and embryos is something that because you're not getting the patient or potentially her baby sick, it's something that people are entertaining. So for many women who are uh, over 40, who have very weak ovaries, there's been a real push to contemplate doing egg and embryo freezing in them. At our practice, we are setting up a priority list of patients in whom we know, based on their age and low reserve, things are much more urgent. So at the earliest opportunity, uh, when ASRM has given us some further recommendations and good best practice procedures, then those are the people we're going to start working on first. Embryo transfer, whether for the patient or the surrogate, will probably come at the very end. Because now we know from data trickling in from OBGYNs that there can be what we call vertical transmission, which is basically transplacental. There have been babies born with positive COVID testing of women who were COVID positive. Such a nightmare. That is definitely not anything anybody wants. Um, what are the most kind of asked questions that you're getting right now from um, potential IVF um, patients and even, you know, surrogate, you know, potentials? So some of the questions are, number one, why should I, you know, start a consultation process if I can't do treatment in the near future? Number two, what are some things I can do at home that can optimize my fertility? And then number three is always, when can I get started? So we are recommending to everybody that if you are contemplating fertility treatment or egg freezing, to at least have a consultation because that's such a valuable part of patient care. That's when we learn about their medical history, their health histories, previous surgery, their nutrition, what they're eating, what they're sort of leaving out of their diet. It's a great time to counsel them about lifestyle changes, reducing alcohol or tobacco or marijuana, cannabis. All of those things have been shown to reduce fertility. And then especially for people who are either pescatarian or vegan, where there are big gaps in their diet, it's a perfect time to start optimizing them with vitamins, putting them on extra folate or B12. So it's, it's actually not a waste of time to have a consult. On the contrary, it's very valuable. I like that. Then, yeah. It's... I think lifestyle is so important too. So it's a great time for them to work on it. Well, yeah. And also, you know, once the lights get turned back on, you guys are going to be so busy in a different way. So, you know, especially for someone who really needs to do this quickly, um, getting a consultation sounds like a, a smart way to get ahead. Yeah, absolutely. And the good thing is all the vitamins are still readily available. You can have them delivered at home. Remember the egg it has to develop for about 120 days before it's ready to ovulate. So if you have a month or two or three of good vitamin intake, that can only benefit you. Yeah. Also, um, I don't know if you know Lori Bregman. Are you familiar with Lori I Bregman? I do. I love Lori. She's amazing. So she has that fertility smoothie powder um, sure that we'll put in the summary of this. That is a really great thing to take and has helped so many women get pregnant too. 
I actually have spoken with Lori and her partner, Anna, a lot about this movie. I know they've had some really nice success in their um, clients. So, and, and it's delicious too. I've had it. I add it to my smoothies still because there's so many great things in there like maca root and all that. And mm-hmm. it's interesting. I had a, a friend who had been, oh my God, through the ringer with fertility struggles. She had been trying and trying and trying. And when I got to her, I said, are you willing to try one more thing? And she had spent like tons of money trying to do this. And she said, yes. And I was surprised. And I said, try this smoothie. And she did. And she got pregnant. Wow. That is so incredible. Yeah. They they put in so many good superfoods. And Lori has been studying this for so long. I'm not surprised. She's just doing really well by her patients. Yeah. Um, well, I am, uh, so grateful to have you as a doctor, Dr. Chang. You've been amazing to me. Great patient. Thank you. Thank you. And, um, and I, I look forward to our journey restarting at the safest possible time, um, so that we can, uh, finally become parents. It's, uh, it's definitely time, even though we're in a weird time. (laughs) When the time comes, it'll be the perfect time. We'll be ready. Yeah. Um, I guess, Dr. Chang, the last thing I always ask everybody is, um, is what are you doing right now to get better in your life? I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. What do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. So actually, I've been doing some of the things that you've been talking about, which is sort of cleaning and organizing all of my things, getting all the tax stuff that luckily has been delayed ready. And trying to refocus on doing some of the reading that I've been promising myself I would do about nutrition and, and toxins and so forth. And also exercising, you know, it's so rare for me to get sunshine and sunshine is so good for you. It improves serotonin levels. It improves your vitamin D. So I've been getting out in the sun at least, you know, twice a day. So it's an unusual pleasure for me. I love that. And you know, um, I, may I suggest another one of our guests who's been on the show many times, and she is a doctor, Dr. Christy Funk's book. She wrote a book, I think it's called the breast manual. Yes. Um, Breast owner's manual. Yes. I have it. And I love it. I love Christy. She and I were med school classmates. No way. Uh Okay. First of all, she did so much research on diet and nutrition that she was like, Maria, I had no idea. And I wasn't even guiding my patients as well as I could have. And now she's learned so much. And so I, I highly recommend her book, 
in terms of the nutrition and the diet stuff. It's terrific. Yeah. Actually, she gave me a copy of it and I've heard her speak. She and my brother Kirk are good friends and she's always telling him about the good nutrition. So I will definitely break it out and review it again because it's always great to reread valuable information. Absolutely. Oh, Dr. Chang, it's so nice to spend time with you. I miss you. You're like such a ray of light and I I love you. You're the best. I feel the same way about you. And thank you to Jeff. Oh, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Jeff, do you have any reproductive questions for Dr. Chang? <laughs> oh, you know, I will say that we had a great pre-interview yesterday, Dr. Chang. And um, it's such an honor for me to be talking to some of the best minds in all these different spaces. And um, yeah, we're, we're lucky to have you. And thanks so much for coming on. Thank you so much. I, I really enjoyed it. All right. Thank you, Dr. Chang. Have a great day. Go wash your Instacart. I will. <laughs> <laughs> Talk soon. She's awesome. I love Dr. Chang. She's like got the perfect personality to be a doctor, you know, just like yeah. so articulate and reasoned. And like, did you feel me get all like kind of like huh, huh, hot and like stressed? And because I was like feeling all these feelings that I've, you know, been dealing with. And she's just so, she is, she's Captain Sully. She just lands the plane. She's so calm and she's so, um, she has such integrity. Mm-hmm. And I know she would never put me in a bad position or anyone. And that's what I love about her. Um, It's human over dollar with Dr. Chang. And what a great um, advocacy of your show, Maria, that the two guests you mentioned are colleagues of hers. Oh, I know. That's pretty cool. I know. Well, we have a good good, um, group of people that come in here. That's why we say at the top of the show, I'm looking for the best experts in every area. And I'm lucky to have them. And have known them and cultivated the relationships over so many years as a journalist. And now they can come here and share. And I'm not stuck having to, you know, answer, ask them three questions on a show. I can actually spend time with them and, and have a conversation. So it's fun. The best. We get to have fun. Tomorrow. So exciting. We have Tony Robbins on. Yes. So tomorrow guys, it's actually going to be a special time. We're going to be live at 1 p.m. Pacific. Um, It's a different time, and that's because of me. Um, And I'm going to really, really try rarely to ever change it, but but we have to. But tomorrow will be worth the wait um, because Tony Robbins will be on the show, and we are not only going to have amazing takeaway with him, and he's going to educate us in so many areas, but we are going to have some incredible giveaways. So please tune in, tell a friend, a couple of friends, maybe all your friends. That would be awesome. Uh, one o'clock Pacific. And, um, and we're really looking forward to it. So thank you guys for joining us as always. If you could do us the kindness of rating, commenting, subscribing, share this with your friends, um, let them know we're here. And, uh, and thanks for being with us every day. In the meantime, you can follow us at Maria Menunos at BH fertility MD and, uh, at Jeff Crane Graham at Stephen Lemieux photo. And remember, be nice people, make good choices, and be present. 